Hello and welcome to the Soulful of It podcast. We are your hosts, Carrie Raquel. And I'm Katie, and this is the May 2021 Transits and Tarot episode on the Soulful of It podcast. If you enjoy this episode, please remember to go give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, subscribe, and share it out with your networks. Okay, let's jump into it. Hello, Katie, and welcome back to the podcast. Hey, Carrie. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to be on this episode because May is my month. Yes, it's going to be Gemini season here soon, but at the current point, it is still Taurus season, and we are really embodying that right now. We just ate a bunch of donuts, and that was the best comfort food that my heart really needed. (laughs) It was so good, and we have a plant here with us and some crystals, so it's definitely the Taurus vibe. Yeah, we're grounding down into the earth. We are embodying that Taurusian wisdom and energy, and it just feels really good. So how was the month of April for you, Katie? April was great. I was thinking about the sun, the chariot, king of pentacles, and then obviously the Hierophant, since we'll be working with that card all year. And when I thought of the sun, I did talk about parts of yourself like childlike parts that came back but I also what came up to me is certain truths that you're ready to see or certain things about yourself that came to the surface like oh I just realized this but I wasn't meant to know until now and now I have this information and then with the chariot really thinking what have I outgrown what am I ready to step into and thinking of certain identities or or masks that I had that I was ready to let go of and to step into the world in a new way. And then the King of Pentacles, just the vibe of the Pentacles. And on Earth Day, I did, I think it's called Earthing, where you walk barefoot in the grass and you just like connect with the earth. And I was really vibing with the trees. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like people probably thought I was being really weird, but I would like go up to the trees and like put my hands to them. (laughs) I'm imagining Superstar. Have you seen that movie? No. <laughs> she, <laughs> she makes out with a tree. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, okay. I, I thought that was uh, from She's the Man. I mean, if they change the name of that movie to She's, she's the Tree, maybe. <laughs> you know what? I think I, because I have been talking about trees, I think I saw that gif, actually. And I was like, that is not me. <laughs> So you were you were feeling the tree, but you weren't like feeling the tree. <laughs> you are a Virgo moon, though. So like, yeah, you've got that Earth vibe. Yeah, I also am a Taurus Gemini cusp. So um, but no, I, I was I was hugging it for sure. The same week I saw that Uni had been posting. He was vibing with the trees, too. So it, was, it wasn't just me. Oh my goodness. Yes. And shout out to Uni, who is not here with us, but will be back on the podcast for the June episode. So something for you guys to look forward to. And I totally relate all these cards playing out in April for me. I think the King of Pentacles was really a great anchor for me in regards to my abundance and my resourcing. The sun was playing out for me in the ways that I caught myself wanting to have like a childish tantrum about chariot things in my life that I know that I've outgrown that I'm like I'm ready to go I want to abandon this like right now we're trying to move out of our apartment so I was feeling all these cards playing out in a big way and you may have noticed that we've only gotten the transits and tarot episode out for March April and now May and usually I have another episode that I drop but things have been really crazy in my world so I am in the process of hiring an editor and that has been a big chariot move for me and hopefully If things go to plan, I will get another episode out this month. But for behind the scenes things, you can always connect with me on Instagram at soulfulofit. And speaking of, Katie, how can folks connect with you? So you can connect with me on Instagram. My handle is curious underscore Katie cat, cat with a K. And so just to explain it, because it's Gemini season, curious Gemini, and then Katie cat. It's like a Kit Kat bar, but a Katie cat (laughs) bar. Much more delicious. Yes. And like connected to the trees. (laughs) For sure. And then um, you can connect with Uni on Instagram at Aquarian underscore Sage. 
and he is still doing phenomenal videos to accompany the podcast and dive deeper into the tarot as well. So that's another thing that you can tap into for May. Now for birthdays. Happy birthday, Taurus. Happy birthday, Gemini. And happy birthday to me. Katie, it's your birthday. I love you. Other birthdays we've got this month. We have Julia. We have Lo and Kara. We have Chris. We have Cassie, my Aunt Michelle. Jordan and my cousin Sarah. Happy birthday. We love you. And... Last but certainly not least, I wanted to mention a collaboration that I am doing this month with a wonderful candle maker. Her name is Fee. She is at Earth Wolfie on Instagram. She also has an Etsy shop. And we are going to be doing an Eclipse candle collection together. And we are doing a Instagram live to talk about this collection before it launches on May 7th and that is a Friday. It's going to be at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That sounds amazing. I mean, who doesn't love candles? And if they're aligned with the eclipse and we get a reading from you, heck yeah. Yeah, it's a win. (laughs) So let's talk about the cards I pulled this month. Yes, Katie. So for what is here, I pulled the Page of Pentacles. Just like the Hierophant card, last month this card jumped right out, wanting to bring a message to us. When I look at this card, it honestly reminds me of Oregon. The page is standing in a grassy field of flowers, holding a gold coin or pentacle in his hand. In the background, you see some trees and a mountain like Mount Hood. For those that live in Oregon, look this card up. It looks like he's standing in Hood River. The trees and newly plowed field represent the promise of an abundant harvest, while the mountain range signifies the challenges you were overcome. The page is gazing at the pentacle in his hand, thinking of all that he'll manifest into the physical realm. With this card, you may ask yourself, what do I want to create? What do I want to bring to the planet? Get playful with it. If you have a hard time thinking about what you want to create, you could ask yourself, what am I being asked to do today? The page asks us to bring into the physical realm what we want. Begin, study, research, choose work you enjoy, and start working hard. Get in there. Get your hands dirty. Dig that garden. (laughs) Use what you have at your fingertips and enjoy learning. Choose a course of study and commit to learning something you're passionate about and work on self-improvement. For what is here on the subconscious level, I pulled the magician. I definitely know this card has been pulled before on the podcast, but he's back. First of all, I noticed the foliage and flowers at the bottom of the card and draping around the corners. The magician stands with one arm pointing to the universe and one down to earth. This represents his connection with the spiritual as well as the material realms. Through his connection with spirit, he manifests what he desires into the physical realm. His robe is white and red, the white symbolizing purity, and the red symbolizing his worldly experience and knowledge. The table in front of him, there's a sword, a wand, a cup, and a pentacle, representing all four elements. The infinity symbol above his head represents the infinite nature of humanity. This card is associated with the planet Mercury, which is associated with Gemini, as well as Virgo. It's about being connected and being a vessel that brings something into the ethers from our body and puts it into form. You have everything you need to make your vision a reality. You have all the resources in front of you, whether you're aware of it or not. Be a channel for manifestation. Don't get caught up in the perfection or waiting for the perfect timing. The magician asks us to just do it. What you want to create wants to be created. And for the energy we want to embody this month, I pulled the Queen of Cups. Yas. Queen. Yas, queen. (laughs) When I pulled the cards for the month, we were actually both together at the beach. It was awesome. It just felt so aligned. Like, of course, she would show up while we're here at the beach. Mm -hmm. The queen of cups sits on a throne at the edge of the sea holding a golden cup. This cup is pretty wild looking. It has angels on the side of the cup. And it looks like it could even maybe be an urn because it's such a unique looking cup. Like that there could be something important in it. Yeah, and what's crazy is that it's closed. I don't think the other cups are closed. No, no, you're right about that. It almost is like a crown on the cup. And the closed cup, it's showing that her thoughts and feelings come from her subconscious mind and the depths of her soul. While sitting on her throne, her feet do not touch the water, but rest on the colorful pebbles on the shore. Siren, mermaid vibes for sure. Embrace your intuition. Trust it. Love yourself, tap into your emotions, and don't be afraid to express them. 
Queen of Cups is about connecting to our wildness and dive into that part of yourself. Dive into your inner ocean and reconnect with that wildness that to you that nobody knows. You will find many treasures there. And if you have a deck, I'd rem- I would recommend pulling these out and meditating on your interpretation of it. You don't even need the cards or to be sitting, honestly. I was on a walk and I asked myself, what would it be like to embody the Queen of Cups? I started hearing the crashing of waves and imagine the power of the sea flowing through me. It felt like I was gliding through the rest of my walk. For you, this might look different. Everyone's inner ocean is unique to them. That's right. Working with Queen of Cups energy is deciding like this is going to work for me or it's not going to work for me. And I am the keeper of my inner ocean. So I decide who gets passage through here and who doesn't. And if there is a tsunami brewing, it's coming from within me and I can control that or I can let that just ride. I love Queen of Cups. I love The Magician. We've definitely pulled both of those on the podcast before. I don't recall Page of Pentacles being pulled before or perhaps I just didn't feel as connected to it as I do now. I feel like with the Page of Pentacles, it's a really important card for asking yourself how devoted am I to the thing that I am focusing on. And with this figure holding that pentacle in their hands and all of their attention being on that pentacle, I love how this card is such an invitation to focus and how focusing is a form of self-love. Because when we divide our attention up too much and we split it up across way too many projects or way too many relationships, In a way, we are self-sabotaging ourselves because we are only one person. Again, we are the keeper of our inner ocean. We are the magician, the channel through which the universe is spoken. The Page of Pentacles says, okay, you can do it all, but you can't do it all at once. So what can you focus on right now? So this month of May, I'm really going into it asking myself, what is most worthy of my attention? Where do I need to put my focus that's going to have the greatest outcome for me? In these cards, I see them very much connecting to the cards that we pulled last month. The Page of Pentacles, the King of Pentacles, the Magician, the Sun, Queen of Cups, the Chariot. I see some overlap happening here. We can kind of tie those in as we go through the transits. Definitely. So the first transit that we have is going to be on Monday the 3rd. Mercury is entering Gemini. This is a couple month long transit because Mercury is going to be going retrograde at the end of the month. So put a little pin in that. We will be talking about that at the end of the episode. Mercury is the ruling planet of Gemini, making this transit one that feels very easeful. This is an ideal time to communicate your wants and needs clearly and to work with a growth mindset. Gemini are the twins, and they have the perspective of duality, wanting to salt and pepper their spoken meals, balancing the dark and the light in a beautiful way that has the power to unite. This is a very social transit, and with Gemini season on the horizon mid-month, we're getting a taste of what's to come when the sun joins Mercury in the sign of the twins. This transit is also a really great container for writing and speaking, If you want to start a blog or maybe a bigger picture project like a book, or perhaps you'd like to do a podcast like this, or some sort of speaking or teaching opportunity arises, this transit will support you to get your words out in whichever way feels good and will have you laughing through it. Because Gemini is also great with adaptability and looking for the silver linings and finding the humor in things. So with this transit, questions to explore are what do I want to learn as well as what would I like to teach or share? I love those questions. And with the question, what do I want to learn? It definitely makes me think of the Hierophant. Since the Hierophant is the card of the year, we will be working with the themes of the energy for a while. In the last episode, I mentioned how we reach out to teachers, but we have what they have too. And I just wanted to add that you can still reach out to others to assist you in your journey and help you learn new things, but I would advise not to put them on a pedestal. There was someone I used to look up to that held meditation circles. It was my first time getting into meditation and I had great experiences. They worked hard on creating a powerful sacred space. We eventually had a falling out 
And during that time, I realized that they're human just like me. I know this sounds obvious, but it's something I wanted to bring up. Don't give all of your power away to others who act like they have all the answers for you. Since then, I started meditating on my own and bought singing bowls to create that relationship with spirit myself. I also brought them and if you want, I can play them at the end. Yes, we will revisit those. And singing bowls is very Torresian because it's so musical and helps create an environment like you were talking about this individual who held these circles and how they created this environment. But then you realizing through that, that you have that ability to create that environment from within yourself for yourself, which is also very magician because Mercury and Gemini is like, trust your channel. What is coming through you that needs to be spoken? And maybe it needs to just be spoken to you. Maybe nobody else needs to hear it. Maybe you're not ready to share it. But still getting the download. Exactly. And trusting that what comes through is meant to come through. I love this transit, but of course I do. It is a very, very happy transit because Mercury loves being in Gemini. It's at home. And then the 4th of May, there's the May the 4th be with you, right? The 4th be with you. Yes. Love it. Star Wars Day, followed by Cinco de Drinco. That's right. The 5th of May, Cinco de Mayo. We have to say, because Uni's not here and he always says it, Cinco de Mayo is not Mexican Independence Day. It is the celebration of the Mexican army's victory over France at the Battle of Puebla during the Franco-Mexican War, which happened on May 5th of 1862. So happy Cinco de Mayo to everybody. And from there, we have on Saturday the 8th, Venus is going to enter Gemini. The transit of Venus in Gemini is a quick one, lasting just over three weeks, and it brings with it a renewal of excitement in our relationships and our finances. As I mentioned before, Gemini is the sign of the twins. So with Venus and Gemini, you might start to see a second side of your loved ones. It makes me think of the Kelly Clarkson song, Dark Side, where she talks about her fear of not being loved when she's not always rainbows and sunshine and how it actually takes a lot of vulnerability to be transparent with people and allow them to see something other than your highlight reel. If you're single during this transit, you may find that two different people catch your eye because we're working with this theme of two, the twins. The trick to this transit is to explore your curiosity without forming attachments that keep you stuck in one place. Allowing the wind of Gemini to move you wherever you're meant to be is key. Staying open, flexible, and receptive will serve us all as Venus moves through the mutable air sign of the Zodiac. I love how you mentioned about the dark side, the Kelly Clarkson song, because a way that you know it will really work out with the Gemini, whether it's a friendship or a love relationship, is if you love both of their twins, because there's two of them in there. (laughs) So true. Yes. Yes. I love that song, too. And of course, I do. I'm a huge Kelly Clarkson fan. I'm pretty sure she's a Taurus. (laughs) thought she was an Aries but is she a Taurus we're gonna google this real quick she's a Taurus I knew it I am not surprised I don't know why I thought she was an Aries but she's very outgoing she's very outgoing so I guess that's why but yeah Taurus vibes for sure Taurus Gemini vibes then we have the Taurus new moon right yes after Venus and Mercury enter Gemini on Tuesday, the 11th, we have the Taurus new moon, which is inviting a sensual and grounding energy into our lives. With new moons, the sun and the moon are aligned. They're conjunct. They're at the same degree next to each other. And they are forming a sextile to Neptune and Pisces on this day, giving us visions of our futures and heightening our intuitive knowing. This is also Hierophant wisdom, asking to serve the universe through the body and the senses with the bowl of the zodiac holding the earth we plant our new moon seeds into. We also have Mercury forming a trine to Saturn and Aquarius. Our thoughts may circle around more serious things, 
but there is ease to be found when letting ourselves think things through. Mercury and Saturn both connect in a sextile to Chiron and Aries, emphasizing that putting in the effort, Saturn, to say what needs to be said, Mercury, will help healing happen, Chiron. Self-love isn't just a latte in the morning. It's also showing up for yourself in the ways that you need to in order to keep growing. Personally, I'm feeling this energy big time right now as I'm in my Saturn return. And one of the unexpected parts of this coming of age transit for me has been a reclamation of my health. Healthy habits have been hard for me to build, but it's the effort I put in that comes back with dividends and rewards in the long run, that keeps me trying even though I am struggling with it. (laughs) Right now, this looks like going to physical therapy and finally beginning to heal a wound that's over four years old that few people were even aware of until recently. Prioritizing my health has been transformational for my soul evolution, and this new moon wants to aid us all in planting seeds for long-term healing. Katie, what do you think of this new moon and its connection to the tarot? The energy of the page of pentacles ties in perfectly here. Since it's a new moon, it's about new beginnings, and the page asks us what we want to bring into the material world. Also, when it comes to the court cards, the pages are associated with earth, so this card is Taurus energy. With the pentacle suit, we're asked to tune into our body so the way we move in the world or the physical realm is aligned. Check in with your body. Try doing a body scan. If the idea of treating your body well is a challenge, remember that it's okay to rest. Your body is your sacred vessel and has been with you this whole time. Take care and nurture it. You deserve it. Also, you mentioned tuning into your heart. I've been doing this lately, drinking a lot of cacao. Since cacao is a heart opener, like literally it's supposed to help with improved blood flow to your brain and heart. It's helpful for getting clarity, setting intentions of what you want to manifest or let go of and doing healing work and inner processing. I get my cacao from Freedom, and the packaging is so cute. I love it. Freedom, she's such a queen. She was episode, I think, 28 on the podcast. Plant allyship. Plant allyship episode on the podcast. Yes, she has the best cacao around. How have you been using that in like a ritual sense? Like, How often are you having cacao? I would say I'm kind of like microdosing on it like having it in like a daily practice like for me just having a little bit and then just trying to like meditate in the morning I'll put it in my oatmeal or I will add it to my coffee I like I don't think this is the traditional way to do it but you can have the cacao ceremonies and usually you know you can have your own ceremony or I know freedom is always holding those or for me yeah I just have a little bit there's a block I like grind pieces off of it every day you have some hot water to have it into the liquid form so there's different ways to do it and it's really whatever resonates with you I love that and for anybody who's wondering who's freedom and what episode you can check her out at moonbeam daydream on instagram and she's got a bunch of resources and she's super well versed on all things cacao and healing and essential oils a lot of different awesome stuff there there's water Oh my gosh, the rose water. We talked about that last time. It's so good. You know what? It's story season. I'm going to spray you right now. <laughs> She's coming. She's coming for me right now. Spray me. Spray me. <laughs> All right. And then me as well. Mm, that was good. That was so good. So good. What's next, Carrie? One final thing I wanted to mention about the new moon in Taurus is that it's also going to form a loose square to Jupiter, who is at the final degree of 29 in Aquarius, now preparing to dance into Pisces. This connection to the new moon hints at the medicine of the upcoming eclipse season, which largely emphasizes our relationship to our abundance. We are getting ready to make a big decision at month's end with the Sagittarius total lunar eclipse, But for now, we are sleeping on it. What does your body say when you consider a decision that lies before you? How does the person you're considering, welcoming into, or escorting out of your life make your heart feel? How can you begin to use your breath to breathe more life into your dreams on the daily? My best advice for this Taurus new moon is to rest, recharge, and to trust your instincts. 
buy yourself a bouquet of beautiful flowers, take a bath, spray some rose water on your face, put on the Adele record, and sink into the magic that this Taurus new moon offers. Trader Joe's has like the best deals on flowers, let me just say. Like you don't have to pay like $20 for bouquet, you can pay like five. (laughs) Yeah, and it has the same effect, right? Or you could just do the old school Katie and that just like find yourself a tree. Yeah. Or <laughs> we went to the tulip festival and there was a tulip on the ground. I'm like, I'm taking that tulip. I'm making my own bouquet. That's right. <laughs> Love it so much. After this new moon in Taurus, we have, as I hinted, Jupiter entering Pisces. This is a big one, guys, because this is a cosmic preview of the energy that 2022 contains because that's when Jupiter is going to move into Pisces and stay there for a year. And Jupiter is really at home in its traditional rulership of Pisces. My anthem for this transit is the song Get Lucky by Daft Punk. So are you feeling lucky? Our Jupiter in Pisces preview is just over two months of massive expansion that overlaps with eclipse season. The saying, if you can dream it, you can do it, as well as go big or go home, both illustrate this transit well, and my hot take on it is this. We are ready to extend compassion to all living beings on our shared planet and refinance our creativity, seeing its value in a new light that extends beyond the physical and into the spiritual realms. The planet of expansion and the sign of the fish is the perfect inspiration to watch the new Netflix documentary, Sea Spiracy, which rocked my world a couple weeks ago when I first saw it. I don't want to spoil the contents of the film because I strongly believe every person on this planet should watch it, but I will say that it has me shifting my focus from plastic is the problem to plastic is one of the problems. When thinking about the damage that has been done to our ocean by us humans, If you're like me and you've gotten the reusable straws and the reusable shopping bags and you're trying to save the orcas and the sea turtles, then you can also set aside 90 minutes to consume a documentary that is as educational as it is devastating. I mention this because Jupiter in Pisces is the embodiment of universal love energy. It's actually a great time to seek Reiki attunement because of this. Shout out to our guy Greg. He's episode 41 and somebody that can help you on that journey if you're interested in it. But the oneness of this transit alongside Uranus, the change maker, still being in Taurus for years to come, combined invites us to take personal responsibility for our piece of the oneness pie that we call life. You don't have to be Greta Thunberg to advocate for a better future for our planet and Jupiter in Pisces will help us all awaken our inner eco-conscious activist. Just like the King of Pentacles that we pulled last month, it's about being in service and what we do in this world has a ripple effect. What you say and the actions you take matter and you want to make sure they're in alignment with how you want to show up and what you want to put out into the world. Also with the magician, downloads, thinking of new ideas and solutions that may have not been brought up or thought of before. I bet Albert Einstein was in magician energy all the time with how many downloads from the universe he received. (laughs) Yes. And we can't forget the Queen of Cups. Queen of Cups asks us to tune into the wild, infinite ocean within us. This is a time to learn from our souls. Take a dive into the ocean of your soul. And when you return, you may come back with some pearls. With the Magician and Queen of Cups, we're being called to tune into ourselves and connect with spirit. What helps get you into a flow state? What helps you recenter and dive into your psyche? Be open to the intuitive messages flowing to you, be it through your dreams, meditation, visualization, When you tune into your psyche, you may find treasures, but you also may find there are things in your cup that got to go and that are no longer serving you. As you mentioned before, how clean is your cup? And I don't know about everyone else, but ever since Pisces seasons, my dreams have been intense. I've been making mugwort tea before bed and it helps me dream vividly and actually remember my dreams. I definitely recommend it. That's so awesome. And I had never heard of mugwort before you. And I definitely would think that that's something that only exists in like a Harry Potter book. It sounds like a Harry Potter thing, like a potion or something. 
It does. Mugwort. But it's a real thing and you can take it and it'll help you recall your dream. So you just like drink it the next like morning when you wake up, you drink it right away. Is that or wait, do you take it the night before? How does this work? So I just have it with my tea. Or is it a pill? Why do I think it's a drink? Because of the cacao. I mean, (laughs) so I have it. I mean, it kind of looks like loose leaf tea. Okay. so it's like an herb, you know. And so I have a lot of loose leaf teas. So I just have the mugwort and my tea and I steep them together and then I have them before bed and I'm like I'm gonna have some crazy dreams tonight okay but it's before bed that you do it yeah I mean apparently you can smoke it too I've never tried that I'm not that <laughs> crazy <God>. but <laughs> apparently you can so if, right, if you yeah, want to do that 420s over guys <laughs> <laughs> do they have a holiday for smoking mugwort maybe <laughs> you have to check in with the herbalist I am trying to learn more about herbs though yeah that's crazy How cool. I love that. And that's very Jupiter and Pisces to be trying to dive deeper into your dreams because as Jupiter moves into Pisces, who's already there? Neptune. And who rules Pisces other than Jupiter? Neptune. So we're going to have both of those planets at home at the same time. It's a beautiful transit. And while Jupiter's not going to stay in Pisces, It will move back into Aquarius and finish out the year, and that will be at the end of July. It is, like I said earlier, a preview of what next year holds because it's going to have an entire year-long stay in Pisces, and Neptune's not going anywhere. It moves very slowly, and it's really far out, so it's still going to be there. So we're really going to get a taste of what 2022 looks like, feels like, smells like, tastes like if you're drinking mugwort. Mm All that good stuff. And it's going to be a time of great expansion, which is very Jupiter, of course. And following Jupiter, being into Pisces, we have on Saturday, the 15th of May, Mercury retrograde shadow period beginning. Mercury is now at 16 degrees Gemini, which is where it's going to travel back to once it stations retrograde later on in the month. I want to mention this now because this is when we should start paying attention if we're going to leverage the astrological knowledge that we have to enhance our lives. Between May 15th and May 29th, if you can, journal daily, even just a few words or a couple sentences. There are apps out there that you can download that will have you just do a quick video or a quick one sentence. There's so many different ones out there now. This would be a great time to download something like that and actually Set up the notifications to ping you so that you know, okay, let's record. How am I doing? How's this going? How's this feel? Because you're going to be revisiting it anyways. So what is coming up for you? Where do you have 16 degrees to 24 degrees of Gemini in your chart? This will be the focus area for the retrograde period. And right between those degrees is 19 degrees Gemini, which is where our second eclipse will occur on June 10th. I may be getting ahead of myself a bit here as we've not yet even gotten to speaking about the first eclipse, but I wanted to bring this up so folks can sit with it and ponder it. I'm a big believer that we are our greatest teachers and self-observation is one of the best ways that we can acknowledge and contribute to our ongoing soul evolution in this lifetime. And even if you don't have an app, I just record videos of myself or voice messages and watch them later and it's great. I mean, you could get an app, but I just, there's so many apps. I know. I've got like probably 150 apps, I feel like, at this point. You're running out of space. I'm like, eh, stop. (laughs) (laughs) I was telling Katie before we jumped on to record that I don't even know where the apps are on my phone anymore. I just demand that Siri finds them and opens them for me. And that's who I am ever since I got an iPhone. (laughs) It's terrible. I should try that with Google. Yeah, it's the OK Google or something. Yeah. I love Android that. life. <laughs> Android life. It's good. Although you are a Mac and I am a PC because you've got your Mac computer out. I do. And I'm my PC computer, but I have the iPhone and you have the Android. What's wrong with us? I guess we're just balancing each other really well, aren't we? Yeah. Gemini Sagittarius. That axis is here embodied. Absolutely. So right after we have the Mercury retrograde shadow period starting on the 15th, everybody's paying attention. The sun is going to move into Gemini, and Gemini season is going to begin on the 20th. Woo! It is time to get on board the Gemini Island, as I like to call it. 
Inquiry, curiosity, fun, and flirtatious expansion, Gemini season prepares us to transition from spring to summer in the northern hemisphere or from fall to winter in the southern hemisphere. Changes in the air in the mutable air sign Gemini is here to help us through the seasons of change that await us. I'm a Gemini rising, as is Uni, and Katie, you're a Gemini sun. So do you have any Gemini words of wisdom for all of us entering your annual season of transition and fun? Yes, I do. I love Gemini season, but obviously I'm biased. (laughs) (laughs) With Gemini season, I say, let your inner child come out and play. Let the social butterfly side of you come to the surface. Get curious about the world and the endless possibilities. When it comes to Gemini, they want to experience all the experiences. Gemini is a sign of the twins, as we know, but honestly, they can be multiple people within one. So this can be a time to tune into the other sides of yourself. Also, many people talk shit about Geminis and call them two-faced, and I'm here to set the record straight. Set the record straight! We are not two-faced, but there is a duality to us that can hold more than one perspective at a time. Geminis are open to changing their mind and are very adaptable. What we thought yesterday could be different today. You could also be talking to the other twin. We're not stuck in one way of thinking, and if you have a conversation with the Gemini about something... They may bring a perspective that you had not thought about. With that, we can't talk about the light without the shadows. We are one of the signs known for ghosting. (laughs) Maybe one twin wanted to hang out or talk, but the other one didn't. I myself am guilty of ghosting people. Sorry, guys. We also can get restless and bored easily, making it hard to stick to one task or subject. I feel this and the struggle is real. I also think that this is due to being ruled by Mercury that Gemini's minds never stop, as well as Virgo. Anxiety and worry are the side effects of overthinking, and Geminis can get very nervous. If you deal with nervousness like this, instead of thinking of what could go wrong, ask yourself what could go right. What a beautiful reflection, and I think you're right. All that Mercury energy is really helpful and useful. I mean, Mercury is the magician. It is the divine channel. And people who have strong Mercury in their charts have a lot of magician energy to them. But magician energy, just like any energy, can go sideways if we're using it to think of all the horrific things that are happening in the world or could happen and how things could go wrong. So to reframe that as what could go right is just so beautiful and helpful and poetic and just so powerful, especially for folks who have Mercury heavy in their chart. Your Mercury, wherever it is, you should know. You should know, you should be familiar, and you should work with that because that is your channel. But if you're a Gemini rising or a Virgo rising or you have a Gemini or a Virgo sun or moon, you're going to have a lot of that Mercury energy to you. And Katie, you've got both. Oh, yeah. My Mercury can scare people away. I just sometimes I think it just I get so speedy and I just start talking really fast and people are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Speed racer. (laughs) Just like reel it in, reel it in, reel it in. But every every sign has the shadow and the light and the shadows you learn from it. And when you overcome them, you can be stronger because of it. That's right. And the shadows make us more grateful for the light and vice versa. You can't just have one or the other. And the twins know that because they embody both. Two-faced motherfuckers. Just kidding. (laughs) Whatever. You're like, what did I just say, Gary? (laughs) Said the Gemini rising. That's such Gemini humor to like immediately throw that back at you. (laughs) It's like only Gemini. Just of course. So following Gemini season kicking off on Sunday, the 23rd, we have Saturn stationing retrograde in Aquarius. Saturn, like all other planets, is retrograde annually for about five months every year. And this is Saturn's first retrograde cycle in Aquarius since entering the sign back on winter solstice, which was 1221 of 2020. This retrograde period provides us with an opportunity to deepen our commitments to our soul work. And Saturn, I always say, is the personal trainer that you didn't hire that shows up every day without an invitation to tell you how to live a better life. It can seem cruel, hence why it's considered by many to be a malefic planet. 
The best thing we can do to work with Saturn's annual retrograde is to complete our tasks and to honor and deepen our commitments to ourselves. I've quoted this before on the podcast, and it's never not useful to hear it repeated. Discipline is simply remembering what we want. These words come from our repeat podcast guest, Nura Rochelle, and I find her wisdom to be so helpful. If your goal is to lose the quarantine 15 pounds that many of us have gained over the last year, what's the why behind that? Is it because you think you should, or is it because you actually want to do it? When we're working with Saturn, we must confront ourselves with the question, is it healthy or is it hollow? And we have to be willing to investigate our goals to identify that they're really in alignment and then adjust accordingly based upon what we discover in that process of inquiry. And inquiry, again, is such a powerful tool for self-evolution. And it's very potent magic for Gemini season. Saturn's retrograde in Aquarius, an air sign like Gemini, can help us enrich this season of curiosity. And Geminis are quick-paced, like Katie was saying. They want to see it all, they want to do it all. But Saturn's wisdom can also help temper that excitement with some realism, guiding us away from overextending ourselves and becoming burnt out. Saturn is the wise father of the Zodiac saying, sure, you could stay out all night, but if you do, how will that impact your tomorrow? I love that quote. Discipline is simply remembering what we want. I recently watched a TED Talk and it said, getting what you want is simple. It's just not easy. And it talked about just dedicating even a minute to something that you want to do each day and building on that. And even if you just do a minute, then you're doing two minutes, five, 10, and you get in the habit of it. And I just think that sometimes for me, at least my inner perfectionist stops me from even getting started or continuing. Oh, I'm never going to make it. I'm not going to get to the goal. But if you just stay dedicated and remember why you want it and just getting it small steps at a time. Yeah, it's like micro goals. I actually did that this week. I have been really shy about doing yoga for a while now, and I've been unraveling that a lot of my hesitation around doing yoga is because of this injury I have in my right shoulder that I'm going to a physical therapist now, finally, for. It's been four years, so it's really overdue. But this week, I finally did yoga on my own, and the thing that got me to do it was that I, in my head, I was like, well, you know, I only have like 30 minutes and, you know, and now I'm thinking I got to do it at least an hour or something, right, in my head. So then I told myself, okay, what if I just roll the mat out? What if I just roll the mat out and I walk away and whatever? So I did. I rolled the mat out and then who knew? I was down on all four doing the downward dog, but I did some yoga and it was great. And when I went to my physical therapy appointment, I got to tell my physical therapist, I did some fucking yoga this week because I wasn't afraid of it because you're working on my arm and I'm feeling stronger and more empowered and more in my body, which was what Taurus season was about. Are you in your body? Gemini season, are you in your mind? Saturn in Aquarius, can we put the pieces all together in the retrograde? Can we do the inner work to combine all of the things? We are the universe. I love that. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. I hadn't realized how impactful it was for me to get into my body like that and to make time for that, just that one minute that what did it not even take me a minute to roll out the mat. And yet there it was. And it resulted in me doing something that was beneficial that I wanted to do that in my mind, it kept telling myself, oh, maybe I don't have time for this, but I made time for it. And it was awesome. And then it's time for the eclipse. Yes. And this one is mine. It's the Sagittarius full moon lunar eclipse on Wednesday, the 26th. And eclipses come in pairs, which is why myself and many other astrologers refer to them as portals. Eclipses occur every year, but eclipse cycles shift every one and a half to two years. And eclipse cycles repeat every 18 and a half years to 19 years. So what does that mean? We can look back to December of 2001 when we last had a solar eclipse on December 14th of 2001, which was at 23 degrees Sagittarius, fun fact, 
we kicked off the Gemini Sagittarius eclipse cycle that we're currently in with an eclipse at the same 23 degrees in Sagittarius on the same date, December 14th, but of 2020. So these cycles repeat. That is the takeaway there. And this eclipse in Sagittarius is a lunar eclipse because it's a full moon. You can think of the average full moon, like the one that we had in Scorpio last month, as a single shot of liquor, whereas a full moon lunar eclipse, like the one that we're having now, is triple the strength or three shots of liquor. I like this metaphor because it brings to life how dramatic eclipses can feel. And the thing about eclipses is that we can feel the effects weeks or even months before. And sometimes the effects of eclipse events take place weeks or months after the eclipse date. The reason I bring all this up is because knowledge is power. Another thing I want to add about eclipses before discussing the aspects is something that might surprise or even upset some people. As a Sagittarius myself, the sign in which this eclipse falls, it's my pleasure to inform or upset you with this tidbit. Eclipse water and charging crystals under an eclipse is not a good idea. And here's why. Eclipses are volatile. They are wild in nature and they hold immense power. To capture that power in your crystals or water may seem cool. And there are lots of folks on Instagram doing this and suggesting that you do it too. But what you'd be capturing is the energy of uncertainty, the energy of a flash flood, the energy of sudden changes without preparation. And it's not that eclipses and eclipse energy is, you know, bad. It's just that it's significantly less stable than your typical full moon energy. So I suggest saving the charged crystals or celestial water for a lunation later in the summer, free of eclipse influence and therefore providing more stability. I have not heard of that, actually, but that completely makes sense. I never saw the eclipse in totality back in, uh, what year was that? 2017 here in Oregon. Yeah. yeah, but I remember partially seeing it and there was a very interesting vibe to it for sure. I don't know if I'd want to capture that in my crystals. I want more stability. <laughs> yes, yes. We don't need to be capturing the volatility of an eclipse into our crystals. Can you imagine capturing that in your crystals and they're in your car and you're driving around and you get in an accident, sudden change, something that's unexpected? Like, that's why. That's why you don't need to be charging your crystals under eclipses or your water. I've heard both of those things and I recommend against both. And if folks don't agree with me, Let's disagree about it. It's okay. <laughs> we don't all have to agree. <laughs> it's very Gemini of me to say that. So diving into the astrology of the full moon lunar eclipse in Sagittarius, you can't talk about a full moon eclipse in Sagittarius without talking about its opposite sign, Gemini. Gemini. Sagittarius is the centaur and Gemini the twins. They are mutable fire and mutable air signs. Mutable signs embody change. They shift us from one season to the next. And these mutable signs share the axis of knowledge. Gemini focuses on facts, communication, and details, where Sagittarius seeks the truth and freedom to help piece together the bigger picture. These opposite signs strike a beautiful balance. They're great storytellers and idea generators, and they work well to educate others and become educated. They are both the teachers and the students, with Gemini focused on the duality and communication with the Mercury ruling, and Sagittarius seeking adventure and higher knowledge that leads to expansion with Jupiter as its ruler. I love the Gemini-Sagittarius combo. I mean, we've been best friends for over a decade, so it's obviously a great combination. Yeah, it's definitely working out for us. Yeah. <laughs> And we attract other like Gemini Sagittarius placements in people, which I think is really interesting and entertaining. When you start looking at people's charts, you start to see a lot of connections and familiarity. And it's no coincidence that we ended up best friends all these years. So with this full moon lunar eclipse in Sagittarius, both the sun and moon are in a what's called a T-square to Jupiter, who is now in Pisces. And a T-square is an aspect pattern that occurs when two planets oppose each other, the sun and the moon. That's a full moon. 
and a third planet forms a square to both of those other planets, which is a 90-degree angle, creating tension and requiring action. This is a mutable T-square because the three signs that all these planets are in are mutable signs. Mutable T-squares ask for flexibility and balance when we are making decisions. With the T-square involving our lunar eclipse directly, the full moon signifies a release of this cosmic energy asking or demanding that we let go of something that is actively blocking our abundance or our Jupiter. We also have Venus conjunct Mercury in Gemini whispering, speak your desires into existence. This connection of planets is potent for working with mantras and affirmations. My mantra for this lunar eclipse that I give to you all that I've actually been working with since the Jupiter-Saturn great conjunction on winter solstice is I am worthy of expansion. That's also a great affirmation for Jupiter and Pisces in general in keeping that mantra with you. I am worthy, I am worthy, I am worthy and growing of expansion. What else are you worthy of? Plug that in, play, work with it until it works for you. There are several other aspects occurring during our lunar eclipse in Sagittarius, but these two stood out to me as the most potent for our guidance this month, so I'm choosing to shine my light upon them. And if folks are interested, I will be diving deeper into these eclipses through my Eclipse Candle Collection, collaboration with sustainable candle maker Earth Wolfie. And each candle duo, like I mentioned earlier at the top of the episode, does come with a mini reading from me. And I would love to chat with you about the magic of your stars. Katie, how do you think this eclipse connects to the cards that we pulled for May? This actually makes me think about a lot of the cards that we pulled this month and last month. So last month with the chariot was here to let us know that there was something we had outgrown. Like we were walking in shoes two sizes too small. The chariot asked us to step into our new life waiting for us. To do this, we have to let go of what no longer aligned. This could be an identity or friend group that you no longer align with or even just a mindset that got you this far and was useful at the time, but we cannot take with us to the next phase of our journey. Also with the page of pentacles and magician, we have all the tools to create the life we desire. We just have to make the moves to make it happen. If you have blockages about receiving or creating, they may come to the surface during this eclipse. For Venus conjunct Mercury and Gemini, the magician is ruled by Mercury, which is about communication. Speak your desires as if they were already reality. I honestly love that affirmation, the you are worthy of expansion. You know, no one had told me the phrase, you are worthy until this year, but Tawny from Here We Are episode told me that once. I was actually taken back. What? I'm worthy? Hell yes, I am. (laughs) I think we forget about this a lot of the time, and it's a really good reminder. If this is difficult for you to say, then I think it's even more of a reason for you to start believing it. I am healthy. I am wealthy. I am rich. I I am am that bitch. I am going to go get that bag and And I am not not going to take take your shit. I am protected, well-respected. I'm a queen. I'm a dream. I am who I want to. Wait, I know who I want to. I forgot the rest, but I am me. (laughs) And I know what I want to be because I am me. me. (laughs) Woo! I love that so much. (laughs) And I'm never going to be sick of that song ever. Nope. Like, actually, let's just have it on record. Play that at my funeral. Like if I go first, play that at my fucking funeral and I'm I'm about it. Like my spirit will rise out of my casket or urn or whatever and dance with you. It will be a fucking moment. I thought your song was like, I'm glad you came. We play that at the end of the funeral. Okay. Somebody we've got to make, make some sort of will at this. I don't think I'm going to go, guys. I think I'm here for a while, <laughs> but so don't worry. But it, when it's my time, yeah, we need like a whole soundtrack. For that oh boy yeah oh goodness we put the fun in funeral <laughs> it's a life death life cycle rebirth man it's inevitable mm-hmm. so good katie thank you so much for sharing that and our last transit that we're gonna jump into is i know everybody's favorite i mean come on it's mercury retrograde again 24 degrees in gemini this is about three weeks long as per usual And it's our second Mercury retrograde of 2021, which also overlaps with that eclipse season portal we've been talking about. 
which is going to make it an even more opportunistic time for welcoming big shifts into your life. As I mentioned earlier, we entered the pre-retrograde shadow period on the 15th of May. And now is the time to put all the attention that you've been paying into practice. So some of my best Mercury retrograde medicine is this. Going on an information and external input diet, trusting that you have the answers within, and consulting your inner Hierophant before you go asking everybody else what they think that you should do. Slowing down your speech to hear it through your mind before it comes out your mouth. Holding off on signing contracts and agreements. That's always Mercury Retrograde Wisdom. Taking a social media break, even if it's just for one day. Freeing yourself from the confines of constant connection and engagement and reveling in the gratification that isn't instantaneous. And then also knowing when it's not necessary to repeat yourself. Like maybe you said something unkind under your breath and the other person didn't hear you. That's an opportunity to not say it again, right? Or if you have to cancel plans, knowing when to stop explaining why you're canceling your plans is Mercury Retrograde Medicine as well. Not everyone needs or even wants to know the full story. Respect your and others' time by paying attention and reading the social cues that tell you when you don't need to explain further. And if someone asks for clarification, be willing to repeat yourself or unpack what you said until you find a common ground within your communication so that that person fully understands to the extent that they need to know. And keeping in mind that people don't need to know a lot of things. And that doesn't mean you're withholding information. You're just not dumping them into your ocean and drowning them in all the information that you have because it's not necessary. I think the thinking before you speak is great. I think foot and mouth happens (laughs) with people (laughs) sometimes. She said to the Sagittarius. Yes, it does. Yes. (laughs) And also slowing down your speech. I just find that I talk so much and then I blurt out things. And then also it's just good to maybe have a little bit of mystery about you. Like the thing when like you say something and then the person didn't hear it. Maybe you shouldn't say it. I I really like that because I agree that sometimes we just give too much information and everyone doesn't need to know the full story. Yes, we give too much information at times and we take in way too much information all the time. If you have a news app on your phone, do you really need one? Because if you're like me, you're seeing the news on Facebook and Instagram and you're watching the news or you're watching recaps of the news already so you do, do you also need the app of the news? Because I'll tell you what kills my vibe real quick in the middle of the day is I get like a ping from a news app and it's like XYZ amount of people dead and XYZ thing that happened, horrific event. And then I'm distracted, I'm off track and I'm just taking in too much information. Now I've got to jump on a call for my work and I'm not ready for it. You know, these kinds of things throw us off and Mercury retrograde is a time to it's working with magician energy. Honestly, it's a time to ask yourself, how many things am I allowing through my channel? Am I really treating my channel with the respect that it deserves? Because when we respect our channels, we don't just let anybody or everybody come through our channel. It's also being the person who's the vault of your friend group that everybody comes to you and tells you their secrets. That can feel good because people trust you, but it can also be little pieces of poison. Because you have all the secrets now and you can't tell anything. So now you're carrying around all of these pieces of information that you can't share. That is, in some ways, a burden. So it's just rethinking those things. That is Mercury retrograde energy and magic. And with all the Mercury retrogrades this year being in air signs, we're being invited to deepen our relationships to how we use our voices and our relationship to that divine channel. Whether that's God goddess or higher self is up to you, but these next three weeks in the bulk of June will present us with opportunities to hear ourselves with more clarity. And when navigated well, we emerge from the retrograde period better equipped to hear others as well. You can look at 16 to 24 degrees Gemini in your chart, as I had mentioned earlier, to see where this Mercury retrograde transit is going to be affecting you on a personal level. And that is the last transit that we have of the month. And then we wrap up the month on Monday the 31st with Memorial Day. 
So I just want to say thank you to all of those who have served in the military, not just here in the United States where Memorial Day is observed, but worldwide. For anybody who has lost a loved one in the line of service, my heart goes out to you. And especially in the last year when we've lost so many people in general, over 3 million people from the pandemic, my heart is with you. Grief is universal. And we just want to say thank you to all that have served and are serving. Thank you for your service in whatever way that you are serving. And that, again, is also beyond just us here in the States. Because as much as us Americans don't always seem to get it, the whole world doesn't revolve around us. Truth. <laughs> it goes beyond the seas as well. And into the ocean, damn it. Watch Seaspiracy, guys. The documentary is super good. Highly recommend it. And by super good, I mean like super bad, like sad, but good. Informative. That's right. Knowledge is power. So really highly recommend that. I want to wish you guys an awesome May. It's a lot of energy. We have the eclipses kicking off, Mercury retrograde, Saturn retrograde, Jupiter in Pisces, so much going on. So take care of yourselves. Thanks for listening. And don't forget, we're here for you. That's all that we have for you guys. But Katie has a parting gift for you all. As we mentioned earlier in the episode, Katie got some new sound healing bowls and they are epic. We're going to try them out. They are all associated with one of the chakras. So I'm going to start from the root chakra and go up. Another one. This heart shocker one's trying to be difficult. Thanks for listening. One more. This one's always so difficult. I always, I don't always take it out. Even the leg. The last one. Wow, that was wonderful, Katie. Thank you for sharing that with us. Thanks for listening. I mean, I'm still working on it. Still a page when it comes to <laughs> this work, but um, it's very fun. 
makes me feel good. And I hope it made you guys feel good too. Yeah, your queen of cups is holding all these badass bowls. <laughs> I'd go as far as to say that that was unbelievably good. <laughs> of course I would. All right, guys, that is for real the ending. If you stuck around until now, you a real gem. And by gem, I mean Gemini. Get on the Gemini Island. It is Gemini season. We'll catch you guys in June. Thank you. Thank you.